Hey everybody, my name is Aretha Scruggs and you are tuning in to Momversations. Come on and join the conversation where we hear real life stories of incredible moms making waves in our world, from entertainers to entrepreneurs and more. Come on, join the Momversation and come learn how to live and thrive in motherhood and purpose. In this episode, We'll be talking with mom and sought-after vocalist Carrie Larson about her chance encounter while singing her first solo at her home church that would later lead her to move to LA, overcome the many obstacles she faced, and the lessons learned along the way, and her path to loving God and loving others. Stay tuned afterwards to hear how you can continue the conversation on Momversations. Conversations. Thank you so much for joining us. You might be wondering why this show now. One, uh, we just celebrated Mother's Day. So what a perfect launch to get out there and talk about the passion that we have of raising our, raising really the next generation. But also I feel like it's very important in this time for specifically um, this show, I'm going to be interviewing hopefully different moms or different walks of life, but we'll start with the entertainment industry and specifically entrepreneurs because it's such a life that's kind of, you know, it's kind of a roller coaster sometimes. Sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. It doesn't have the stability sometimes of a uh, nine to five job where you have certain and certain hours where there's cut off. You know, it's like we're constantly juggling really are both of our passions. For me, I'm a single mom. You'll meet Carrie in a minute um, and she can tell you her story as a mom, but specifically, yes, as a mom, like now, I just tried, just finished some spaghetti so my daughter can be <laughs> in the other room eating while I am doing this. But why is this so important now? One, like I said, because of Mother's Day, but in this season specifically, we have a chance to where it's kind of where we have a chance to really just focus on family because we're all in the same room together, right? <laughs> in other in other times before this season, you know, I am juggling being a professor, running my small business, and being a session singer and a, and a singer just in general, in addition to being a mom. And you'll hear Carrie's story too of what that looks like for us as we're trying to juggle so many things. But now that we're in one space, it's like we have the time to really sit and reflect. You know, when we get out of this space, what do I want to do different, right? What do I want to do different? What do I want to make sure that I include as I'm walking forward in my next season of really living these two passions of being a mom and really living on purpose in the entertainment industry for me and Carrie and whatever that looks like, okay? So now I will introduce you to my guest for today. Please, please, please give it up for my guest. This is Carrie Larson. <laughs> uh, I'm going to read a little bit of a bio for her, but let me just tell you, I personally wanted to interview and talk with Carrie. One, because she is such a warm personality. I know you guys aren't going to get the chance to um, experience that because you're not sitting here actually looking at her or experiencing her in real life. But she is such a warm personality. But what 
what really made me want to start with Carrie is because even before I had my child, Imani, Carrie, we were, I remember our conversation. I don't know if you remember this, Carrie, our conversation backstage. This was even before I got pregnant. And then we had another one after I got pregnant, but, uh, but she was just so encouraging. I have been on this, like, uh, just kind of a teeter totter, like wondering how can I, like, I always wanted to be a mother. I always wanted to do music and sing. Um, and so I was just talking to her one day and just kind of just getting her, her, her real, like two cents of what it really means to um, be a mother in this entertainment industry. Cause it's just, it's really kind of rare for those who aren't um, involved in the entertainment industry. Like there, it's not common it's it's common to actually see more people who are um you know single and who either never marry or never never have children and so um when we do find these unicorns that are both moms and like doing really successful things in the entertainment industry you know i want to know their story like how are you making this work <laughs> right so i wanted to yes i wanted to first like i said um, she was important because she really started this conversation with me and she was a real voice. Uh, we had real honest conversation of what that would look like. And I remember Carrie told me, don't worry, sweetie, in her wonderful, wonderful Tennessean accent. <laughs> she said, don't worry, sweetie. If God has called you to this, he will open up doors for you and you will be able to do it. You'll be able, don't be afraid. Don't even worry about it. And that was so calming to me. And of course the conversation went from there, but she was just the first reassuring voice for me that let me know that, hey, if she can do it, if God can still open up doors for her with her two beautiful children, then why can't he do it for me? So let me tell you a little about a little about Carrie and then we'll go with the interview and um, hear a little bit about her story, okay? So a little bit about Carrie Larson. Carrie Larson is a studio session singer based in Los Angeles, but she is from, and you can tell me if I say it wrong, Gallatin, Tennessee? Right. Okay, Gallatin, Tennessee, but she has kept her Southern charm. That's what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. This is the charm. This is what you meet backstage when you get to sit and just talk with her. She's so warm. Um, Carrie has a list of credits that span albums, TV, and film. You've heard her on albums for artists such as Barbara Streisand, Kelly Clarkson, Bette Midler, Andre Day, Edina Menzel, Childish, Childish Gambino, Josh Groban, and more. Her TV work includes off-camera vocals on all six seasons of Fox hit uh, show Glee, The X Factor, American Idol, and America's Got Talent, The Voice, and various award shows. And she recently worked uh, for the NBC show Perfect Harmony and the upcoming Netflix film The Prom. Her commercial work includes ads for State Farm, Budweiser, AT&T, and JCPenney. Carrie has backed some of the greatest artists that we know in events all throughout Los Angeles, including Bonnie Raitt, Patti LaBelle, Casey Musgraves, Imagine Dragons, Demi Lovato, Stevie Wonder, Nick Jonas, and many more. And this is where she balances. Carrie is married to her husband, Tommy, and they have two wonderful children, James and Maisie, or Mazzy. Maisie? Maisie. Maisie. Okay, great. And so that is a little about Carrie. She has, I want to tell it right up in the front, she also um, has a, if you've seen her, follow her YouTube channel, follow her channels um, on uh, Instagram and Facebook, it's under her name, Carrie Larson, but she also has this group called the Black and White Sessions. It's um, a YouTube that features background singers from all over 
um, that have sung for the greats also. And she gets same thing kind of like this, sits down and hears the, uh, gives a chance to hear their story and really just, um, and gives them a chance to do one take to sing a song. So you don't want to miss that. They're featured on, uh, they have a YouTube page, an Instagram page, and then also um, you can find them on iTunes. There's a, is it two volumes now? Two volumes of black and white sessions? Yeah. Okay, great. All right, so I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> so I'm going to stop talking. Good. I'll just listen to you. I'm good. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking. And I'm going to invite my friend Carrie into the conversation. And I want this to be a conversation for those who are watching. Feel free to, um, I'm trying to look at the screen on the other side at the same time to um, see if you have any questions that you want to ask Carrie or you want to add to the conversation that we're having and be a part of the dialogue. If even you just want to be a part of the dialogue in the comment section, because this is really, I think, something that can bring up different things and it's an important conversation. So I wanted to start off right from the beginning. So we'll, we'll hear from Carrie in general from her own mouth. Who is she? Tell us a little bit about where you grew up, where did you fall in love with music? How did you get started in music? Um, how did it become a part of your life? And yeah, come on, all, let us know. All, all the beginnings, right? All, all right, where did you start? Give us the start. The beginning nuggets. Yes. Well, thank, thank you for that lovely introduction and thank you for this platform and for having me as your first guest. Yes. Because I'll be the one that everybody says what not to do at the end oh. of the summer. <laughs> But I love you, you're darling. And I just, I'm so excited for you for pushing through and saying, you know what, I have an idea and I'm not just gonna sit on it. I'm gonna just start. Yeah. Uh, which is what we did with the black and white sessions too, which you need to come and do one. So we'll have to discuss that post quarantine. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, so yes, so yes, I am from Gallatin, Tennessee. I, I lived in a lot of little towns in Tennessee um, because my dad- You were from Knoxville? My, my pop's from Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, really? Oh yeah, I got, got family there. You know, lots of East Tennessee folks. Okay. In, um, yeah. uh, and so my dad's job took us around a lot of places, but we settled in Gallatin and um, I grew up there. You know, as far as the music thing goes, it's interesting. I was born deaf in my right ear. Mm. So I shouldn't have been able to be a singer, apparently, but I didn't know that actually until I was an adult because <laughs> wow. no one ever told me you really shouldn't be able to sing wow. or sing well and in tune. And so I, it was funny because I, since I didn't really make that connection until I was an adult, I always thought, well, you know, it's funny how God works, how he gives people, you know, gifts to kind of make up maybe for losses that happened along the way. Yeah. Um, I always felt like maybe music was that. Um, so interestingly enough, my parents, uh, neither one were uh, extremely musical people. My dad played piano by ear and always had a love of it. Um, but they both loved music. And so I grew up in a home with a lot of music. I'm an only child. Um, so we always had the albums. Like some of my earliest memories were... Um, listening to Crystal Gale and Neil Diamond. And my mom loved Stevie Wonder and she loved soul music. And so she would buy those albums. And my dad loved classical music. They actually both did. So we, it was kind of strange for them to not be musical people. Yeah. They really had a good variety of genres going on in the house. Mm -hmm. And I always just sang along. So I would sit and pretend and at a very early age my parents 
bought me a little record player with a microphone mm-hmm. and it was just something that was in me and everybody was like what is what is she doing <laughs> and it just took off and the great thing was i i am an only child and my parents always supported my uh love of music and as i got older you know they forked over the money for voice lessons and piano lessons and nice. um you know, it was a big commitment for a family that, you know, we, we did all right, but they sacrificed in order for me to be able to pursue the love of music. Yeah. And then fast forward, just jump on ahead. You know, I graduated high school and had to make some decisions if I was going to college or if I was just going to jump right into music. Wow. And I jumped right in and I lived, you know, I, Gallatin's not far from Nashville. So I started singing songwriter demos. They'd pay me $50 to come in and sing their songs. Wow. And, you know, in hopes that the next one was a hit. And that's really what I started doing. It was just kind of, I was like, all right, well, this is how you start. Right. And uh, met a few people. But the, the craziest part of the whole story of how I even ended up in LA and how, this is just how crazy God is and how he works things out is I was determined that I was going to be a, you know, a pop superstar. You know, I was determined I was the next Mariah Carey or something. And so anytime I had opportunities to sing on Christian albums, be it background or as a soloist, I always just said, no, I didn't want to be involved in Christian music, but I lived in where the hub is for that whole industry. And so I started going to a church that, um, had an incredible music department and uh, I had never sung a solo in church because the church I grew up in was the church of Christ and it's congregational singing. Mm, So there was never opportunities for special music or things. So I started going to this church and um, I sang my first solo in Mm. church on Palm Sunday. And it was, I love the Lord from the preacher's wife Mm, right around the time, right after that movie had come out. Wow, good one. Yes. And after that, um, Tim Davis came up to me. He was there. He attended, we, he attended the same church. We had met very briefly, just hello, pleasantries. And he said, who are you? Why have I never met you? Blah, blah, blah. And it was, it was lovely. And he was very kind. And then I didn't really see him or speak to him again for six months. And the next thing I know, I was working at a furniture store in Nashville, staging furniture. Wow. Uh-huh. And I get a phone call and it's Tim calling me from LA saying, I moved to LA and I tracked down your name and phone number from mutual friends. Wow. And you need to move to LA and there's a Christian music group that you need to sing in. And I think that you would do well in LA. So I moved to LA and... I came and auditioned for this music group and my now husband was in that music group. Wow. So I moved to LA and I was like, well, this is totally the Lord, you know, because I just knew, I felt like, I guess I need to say yes to this. Thankfully I put my pride aside. Wow. <laughs> the dreams that I had, you know, that's the thing. I always tell people, I'm like, man, we come up with some really great dreams for our lives. Yes. But if we can release the, the yeah. idea that we know best, yeah and make room for god to do what he wants to do inevitably every single time if we would just stop fighting him Mm. and in in a mom in any of those situations that can ring true but in my case that was a big one 
to yeah. relate to control. Oh, yes. Yeah. And so here we are. I'm, I'm in LA and that just kind of, I did that for three years. My husband and I were best friends. Uh, we didn't start dating until three years into that experience. When the group ended, we started dating wow. and got married. And then my studio singing career started. And really, I, I mean, the truth is people ask, what did you do? What did you do? But it really all goes back to me singing that solo at church. That's honestly, uh, that's how it happened. I, it, I, I can't make it. I can't lie about it. It's just, that's how it happened. I met somebody who I've ridden the coattails of somebody who God's shown a lot of favor to in the industry and introduced me to a lot of great people who have also then turned around and believed in me based off of the recommendation of him. Wow. And so I, I owe a lot to him and I'm thankful to his, you know, you always need somebody in your corner believing in you. That's right. When it comes to being a singer, you need somebody that says, yes. got it. So that's how it's been. And that's what's led to all of these wonderful, um, you know, meeting other people, meeting people like you, meeting, you know, we've had some wonderful opportunities together and it's just been this network. There's a lovely community of people in LA and I feel so fortunate to uh, be in those circles and get to meet all these. And everybody is so inspiring. Like you, you meet people and you're just like, your story, everybody could write a book. Right, <laughs> right. They're all different. All the stories are just insane. You know, how people are surviving and how they ever even got here or how they ended up in LA if they're not already from here. Yes. And it's just, it's wild. Right, right. You know, I I love that you're, I mean, you're sort of already talking about how your family started. It kind of was interwoven with yep. your amazing story. You're right. It, it, listening to people's story, it's like, oh my God, like how, what the, what's the, not even the probability of that happening. Those things coming together so coincidentally that bam, sent you to really walk in what you've been doing for the last however many years. <laughs> but uh, so that, that will be my next question is one, um, you didn't tell us a little about your family, but I want to really hear about how we're talking about this whole thing of motherhood and really family, but also how does that tie, how, what does purpose look like for you? And how does that look like with your, um, how does that look in your career? Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, it's like, I feel like because of the way my story kind of, um, it came to be there there was always this sense of purpose like there was a sense of now this is the calling now this there were there was foundational steps that were laid that let me know that I'm in I'm in a safe space here so be brave and go yeah and so I feel like it's interesting now um, just, I mean, obviously we'll get to talking about the current state of where we all are right now, but, you know, purpose is interesting. And, and, um, I think it's important to say, because I, I know there are moms watching and people that are moms and that work in the entertainment industry, yes. but there is this, um, you know, this push pull of being confident and being insecure, being uh -huh. confident and being insecure. Yes. And it's just, it's a real thing. And I think being a mom, I mean, you know, single people deal with that on a daily basis. And, but as a mom, I feel like there have been seasons of my life where it spills over into mm -hmm. my home life. And so when I'm having a, a season of feeling like less than, or, you know, the it's over, well, that was fun. That was great. Now, what am I going to do? Right. You know, I feel like then I start 
looking at myself as a mom and I start saying, well, here's all the ways I'm a horrible mother. <laughs> right. Right. No, but it, but, but I always, I always circle back around and think to myself, okay, like there, there is something innate where I feel like I come back to a place of knowing I'm here because God put me here. I'm the mom to these kids because nobody else was destined to be the parent to these little people, you know, <laughs> yes. crazy people. Yeah. And, 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 you know, uh, my husband said something to me one time that really stuck with me and I've shared it with a few people, but you know, wherever I'm at today, there's somebody doing a million times better than me. And there's also someone really struggling and trying to just make their way to get up out of the bed today. Yeah. You know, and you have to live in that mindset of just knowing that you're always, you're always on a journey in this thing. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. Can you talk about, do you have a specific, do you have like a mantra or some sort of like a why of what keeps you? Yes. That is, if we can talk about anything, the, that constant push and pull of, oh, I'm, I'm a terrible mom. How am I trying to juggle all these things at the same time? And it feels like sometimes one thing gets, one thing gets left and then it's like, oh, well, I got to do this. But how do you, um, what, we'll talk about that in the next question, but how, what is that why, or what is that thing that kind of grounds you? Um, is there a specific mantra? Is there some sort of um, just thought that you go always go back to? Yeah, well, our, we have one as a family. And our, our family, our, our go-to, our mantra, if you will, is love God, love people. Hmm. It's love God, love people, because... People disappoint me on a regular basis. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so disappointed in people for yes. the decisions they make or things they might say or how hurtful they can be at times. I'm just like, oh, and then I'm upset at myself sometimes because I, you know, we all do and say things where we're just like, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. Right. But if we can get to a place of just love God, love people. I mean, for years when our kids were toddlers, they're not now. My son James is nine and my daughter Maisie is six. Okay. For context. Uh, but when they were toddlers, we started with James as the oldest. We started at night when we would lay in bed with them before prayers. We would always tell them, love God, love people to the point of where then we would just say, now, what's the most important thing at the end of the day? And they would say it back to us. Wow. Because we, you know, I, I just think there has to be some, uh, constant thread running throughout our lives yeah. there, there's, that there's a constant yeah that we don't want to waver yeah and I just I mean there's just there's just so much ugliness in the world and I don't want my kids focusing on that I want them to be the positive hmm. and I want myself and I'm my husband and we just we want to be the positives how do we be the positive in this situation versus the negative. And it always comes back to, if we're loving God and we're loving people, we're doing pretty good. All right. How, it, do you have a story or something you wanna share? How does that look like on a daily basis or like when you're on a set or when you're uh, even just walking in your daily, what does that look like in your everyday? I think, you know, our, our kids are pretty young yet to really see, I think, the, the big picture of how that's probably going to influence them um, later. I feel like right now it's just foundational. 
It's just about showing kind for them on their level. It's just about showing kindness, looking yeah. out for the kid who's new in class and nobody's talking to, like ask them if they want to play on the playground. Like we encourage them. Um, even now, my daughter's in kindergarten. Oh, there's a new student in your class. What's their name? I don't know. Okay, go ask, go, go tell ask them the name. Yeah. Ask them if they want to go on the slide with you. Yeah. You know, and with James being in third grade now, I always tell him, and I always pray for him. I'm like, I pray that, you know, that you will choose kindness with others and that others will choose kindness with you. And I always tell him, you know, you be the influencer. Mm-hmm. You be the one to, to lead and direct your friend group if it looks like they're starting to make poor choices, you know? And I don't know. I'm sure there's going to be a day where he's going to make the dumb decision. Right. <laughs> but I feel like I'm instilling something there. Something. Something will stick. Right. right. But with us as, as adults, you know, I just feel like, you know, for me, there, there's just like a lot of, um, there's a lot of tension at times where people, they're just, they're just unkind to each other. Mm-hmm. People are unkind. You know, we have all sorts of things you know, we have the racism and we've got just, I mean, I could go down all, all of the things, all of the things. Yeah. But I just feel like you can get into conversations with people and it can just get derailed so quickly. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to do this. Like I like dealing in facts and I like dealing in truth. And the best way for me to do that is sticking to be like, I always try to think before I get emotional and crazy land, I'm like, is this going to be Jesus right now? Because if it's not, then I probably need to step away. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know I've, um, at least, well, I'll go into that a little later, but, um, what I know for me showing up, like sometimes the most amazing conversations happen backstage, right? Right. Whatever show or whatever, uh, a show or in the cafe or whatever, is there um, a particular, I know like specifically doing this, kind of sitting and listening to people's stories, like it can have a chance to really impact people and transform not only them, but me. Um, do, have you had the chance to really uh, sit and have a conversation or what does that look like? Um, even what are your, can you talk about what are your backstage looks like? What is that you know, the, some people just look at our job sometimes and it looks so glamorous, <laughs> you know, it looks so glamorous, but um, how that, how that love shows up, I think sometimes is really in conversation. And yeah. I just want to know, is, has there been like a kind of impactful conversation you had, like maybe with an artist or even somebody backstage that you remember that you can share? Well, I, you know, it's interesting because you mentioned the conversation that you and I had. Yeah which was lovely. I remember that very, very well. And um, I've had a lot of conversations like I've had with you. And I think that one of the things that, that I would want to say about that is that one of the concerns, um, the, one of the biggest concerns that has come up is the fact that women feel threatened about wanting to have children in the entertainment industry because they feel that by having children, they will lose work and the work will not come their way because they've chosen to have children. Good. And I always, from early on for me, because I, I did have those feelings yeah. when I wanted to start a family. Yeah. 
And I felt like God said to me, then I will not take away a blessing in order to give you a blessing. Mm. How this works. And that's not me. I could, I'm not that eloquent. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm graceful, but I'm not that eloquent. (laughs) And I just, it never left me. And I felt like that's not a word just for me. That's, that's for a generation of women who are delaying God's gifts in their lives when they don't need to, because it's, it's there. It's already been claimed for them. You know, friends, if you're listening, this is the meat of the conversation because I cannot tell you, yes, those are my own fears also uh, of how do I possibly, like, if you don't know, like, um, Carrie has, we've, we've all had different, um, views of how our career has looked like, right? Like I've been a touring background singer for years. And so that lifestyle in general, like you're traveling all the time, you're traveling all the time. You know, it's hard to even keep a relationship like that, let alone, but even the same thing, like sessions, sometimes sessions can go, you know, there is no stop. You kind of just have to show up or like shows in town. We sometimes have to, I'm trying to think of the show that we were at. We were probably there from like seven o'clock in the morning until seven, eight, nine, ten 10 o'clock at night. Like you're kind of just on hold. And some people, even just the relationship part can't even handle that, <laughs> let alone figuring out. I know I've been in the situation. I don't know if you have also Carrie of like, okay, wait a minute. My babysitter is ending. I told her we were going to stop at five. And now they're talking about we're, you know, there's no end in sight. What am I going to do? Or my daughter has, you know, her preschool gets out at this time, but then they call me for a session right now. And how do I get her from point A to point B? So yes, it is the fears. It's the fears, but it's also the reality that people don't, you know, they look at us and go, I don't even know how you, how are you living this life? Because it's just such a, it's a, it's an industry that kind of feeds off of just this spontaneity. You know, you just have to kind of roll with the punches. (laughs) You kind of have to roll with the punches, but I'm so glad that you brought up that there is this, there is this fear. There is this absolute fear of, well, I guess I'll just go have children and I'll let it go. And there's no problem with that. But, uh, but there's also, I fully believe, I love what you said. I fully believe that, that if God has granted me and given me this dream and it hasn't gone away, it's still burning in my heart. Like there has to be some way that he's going to make it work. (laughs) There has to be some way. So there is that. um, And that would be one of my questions. Like, how do you, what does balancing look like for you? What is that when you're in the heat? I know we're in quarantine right now. Yeah. When we're in that heat of like, wow, like when you're on the American Idol shows, because you've lived, your children are older, nine. <laughs> I have a three-year-old for everyone who doesn't know. But uh, so you've lived at least nine years of this, of how do you do American Idol? How do you do Glee when they were in the, the heat of really doing all those shows? How, what did that look like for you? What did, well, what did it, it look like? It was insane. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was insane. But you know, when, when it's meant to be, you will find a way, (laughs) you will make a way. And the truth is there were times when we would start out with one babysitter and then another babysitter would show up 
Yes. And then on some occasions, there might be a third one that came (laughs) before the day was out. I mean, it was just, you know, I, I will say this. I was very diligent in putting a list together of very trustworthy people that I trusted my kids with. Two babies. (laughs) That's important. Yes. Um, So I had a great list. My husband works at a church. And so I had a little bit of an in there with some quality gals. Yes. A collegiate area around here. So with that said, and then for the more extended things, if I was going to be doing any traveling or anything like that, you know, we have family, you know, a lot of people do have family that can step in and help. I know a lot of my, a lot of my touring friends are have they, they have a lot of family help. Um, and you know, they just, they, they find a way. Um, those, I tell you what was really hard is like when they were babies, you know, and trying to deal cause you're, you're trying to work on a schedule. Yeah. Like, we on a schedule, <laughs> and breastfeeding and like, yes. Lord, this is going to be a 12 hour day. I'm going to be going to the car to pump and then I'm going to come back in yes. <laughs> in the studios, finding a room where there wasn't anybody so you could go. And I, I mean, it was just, I mean, I wouldn't trade it looking back, but I just remember thinking back on that, like, Ooh, the hormones must've really been going to get me through. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, that's nine crazy. months pregnant, like nine months yes. pregnant on stools trying to. Yes. Oh, were you nine months pregnant sitting on a stool? <laughs> yes. And so much so that I, uh, my doctor ended up telling me, oh, you're coming in to have this baby. And the next day I was supposed to be on a session and I had to call and say, I'm not going to be there. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, no. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know if I really want to say no to this one. Tommy was like, are you sure you're getting a little awful? You know, it's like, well, it's not that far. It's on a weekend. So maybe the traffic's not going to be bad. I, that was just dumb. But yeah. I'd work it out. <laughs> yeah, the balance is literally sometimes hour by hour, day by day. Uh, and then, like I said, that it's a it literally is an industry that runs on spontaneity. So we can literally, especially as session singers, get a call that morning and be like, can you guys come in at 10? And you're like, oh. <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute let me let me, yeah exactly i'm immediately like texting <laughs> texting my babysitter kids you know yeah it is it is a whole thing and speaking of i'm looking at the the uh the comment section here hey deanna hey stacy hey troya hey felice uh speaking of of really help my mom is online and i think that will lead us into the next conversation she was she was talking about how uh she's been told that she couldn't promote to a higher position because she was a mother and she was devastated because she had to work so hard to prove herself i wanted us to have a conversation of really uh really kind of this inequality of course we already know that women just in general make less than men hands down i think in every industry but what is that that inequality look like where we're um we're asked to do certain things and we get skipped over for a specific promotion i don't know if you've had that happen um or just in jobs that you had to let go of because of you couldn't find a babysitter or you couldn't find whatever um and how how does that look for you 
uh, how do you deal with those feelings? Like there is the reality of the inequality of men. I know, shoot, going on tour, like even before I had Imani, like I know there's men who are able to, you know, they have families and kids and they just go, well, I'm off for two months. And it doesn't even, sometimes it doesn't phase them. I won't say it always doesn't phase them, but sometimes it doesn't phase them. They have the freedom to just go and, you know, do jobs and be like, yeah, let's go. (laughs) Whereas we're mommy. There's no, there's no, and there's no replacing a father either, but, uh, but there just seems to be like this, 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 this pulling more on mothers where we literally decision by decision are having to decide about a promotion or a job or whatnot. So what do you, what is your, what are your thoughts about that, Carrie? Well, there's two things, two things I would want to say. One, uh, just, I was thinking about this after the fact is that I think having a support network Hmm. network regardless if you have family nearby or not but taking those steps to get yourself organized with a network of people that you know that you can trust and count on whether you're paying or it's people that you're related to or whatever that looks like for you wherever you have to invest either emotionally or financially yes you will spiral if you don't have that woof (laughs) yeah that's reality. That's just, you know, so that's first that I would say. And then second, it's funny because there have been a few things along the way that I've had to turn down. Um, you know, my, my son was born at 30 weeks. And so he lived in the NICU for almost six weeks of his life. Wow. Uh, three pounds when he was born. So that ended up being, uh, being, in isolation for nine months because he was so tiny and was born and had to grow all through flu season. So I basically was a prisoner in my own home. Wow. First nine months of his life. I, I did not work for those nine months and had to turn jobs down because I couldn't be exposed to people. Wow. Bring, bring us back. I was kind of in quarantine, I guess. Um, and my daughter was born with a very, she's the only known case in the world. She had a very specific kind of cyst, but it presented itself wrapped up in the middle of her ear. And you had to have that removed at Stanford. Wow. And that resulted in lots of hospital stays preparing to get to the surgery. Wow. Because there were lots of infections in, uh, that surrounded the cyst. Um, so we, you know, as a couple, we've been through some things with our kids and life revolved around my validation, uh, came from my work. That's it. If I got called for a job, that was my validation. Then, Then all of that happened. And then once that happened with my son, I mean, that was in the middle of glee. And I, you know, it was over for me. I was like, I'm out, you know? And at that time, there were some things happening and different people were coming in and all of this. And it was just like, God was like, yep, they don't, they don't need you right now. You're good. And the crazy thing is about that. Somebody else was basically having their career start, you know, because of that. They stepped into that role on, you know, however all those things work out. Yeah. But in any of those instances where I had to just be like, all right, well, this is time out for a while. It's always, again, God never said, but it's final, you know, you're needed at, this is where 
this is what matters the most. Your validation does not come from any of that. So it's coming. What's meant for you will be for you. And even now, even after going through those experiences and realizing, oh my word, like this does not matter at the end of the day, it's amazing. It brings ability to our home. It's me doing what I love. And I love the people and I love the experiences. At the end of the day, when you're sitting up in a hospital room with your kid, you realize you're like, wow, you know, saying no is empowering. Oh, yes. Because it's it's just, it kind of helps you get your head straight. Because I think some people get so lost, they get caught up in the in that validation piece of the work yes. creating your validation. Yes. That never works out for me. Every time I start getting caught up in that or, you know, because I'm sure that's the case in a corporate setting too for right. women. Right. You know, same things that they're getting looked over or they're getting passed over. And you just think, well, there's that session and everybody I know was in that photo and I wasn't. Right. That's real. It was a great, it was a great run. I had a good time. You know, yeah. Because you weren't in one thing that all of a sudden it's all over. Right. You know, it's just dumb. It's a dumb thing, but it's real and it's, it's real. It's real. So how do you, <laughs> I mean, going back to that purpose and those, uh, the, the, just the thought of your mantra, how do you, that, that's another question. And we just got a few more questions. I don't want to hold you all night, but how do you, how do you find your footing in a, an industry? You're right. It can be in any industry where we have these same inequalities or these feelings of I got I got um, shafted for someone else or whatever, how do you, what is your, um, how do you get over those things? How do you, uh, how do you push through those moments? What is your, how do you get over those feelings of failure? Those feelings of, well, that's it. I'll just get up and just go start something else. Let me find another job. <laughs> how do you push? How do you get through those things? Well, first of all, I allow myself now to, to, to be sad about it. I, okay. I used to be, I used to make myself feel bad for feeling bad. I'm like, it's not working. <laughs> so now if there is something, you know, that I would have loved to have been a part of, and I wasn't asked for something that really just felt like, Oh, I would have loved to have done that. And it, just like crushes me on some level, then I allow myself a couple of days to be sad about it. And then I just, I conditioned myself now, allow the grief to come, but don't live in it. You know, get back up because your call's coming. What you're meant to be on will happen and then it'll be great. But there are times, I will say there have been times in the past where there have been things that have come. There's two things I want to say about that. One, there have been things that have come along that I did not get. And then when, when it's all passed and I've heard about it, whether it was a session or a live thing or whatever it is, and I hear back about it, I'm like, wow, that really was not meant for me. That would have been a detrimental situation for me had I been there. There were things there that I couldn't have known. Like for instance, one time there was a show in New York and I was asked to do it and I couldn't do it. And I was so upset. And I ended up getting like, the like massive flu or something. And I'm like, well, what if I had gone? What if I had gone? Right. You know, that, but, but all of those things, um, I think uh, the other piece that I want to say, because this really was impactful for me is a couple of years ago, 
there was someone in the entertainment industry that I um, admired, I, I still admire, um, and just thought they were insanely talented. And um, they, they said some things to me that were crushing. Uh, they, they did not value me as a vocalist. Hmm. Me as a person, but had no regard for me as a vocalist and didn't really see, um, you know, why I would be continuing on my journey and getting the work that I'm getting. Mm-hmm. And, and we're pretty honest about that with yeah. me. And instead of me just letting that kind of roll over me and spend the two days in grief, it took two years. I let it affect me wow. greatly. And it, it really, it, it brought me down and I was like, wow, I didn't know that I could allow somebody's words just tear me down. Like to the point of where, I mean, there were times where, you know, my husband was like, okay, what do we got to do? Because this is ridiculous. (laughs) And it was affecting my home life, you know, because I had just, I was believing the lies, you know, just because that person felt that way doesn't mean it's the truth. Wow. You know, and I think I know that other women deal with that. Yes. Yeah. Because somebody has said something to them. And it, now, now I'm kind of, I get kind of defensive about it with people because I'm just like, no, I get, I'm like, do not do it. Do not, do not let two years of your life go by or 10 or 15 or however long it is yeah. believing these things that people say. It's just insane. It's like, we just, but we do, we just, we absorb the yeah. critique of others, be it good or bad. We just, we're either you know, it's almost an addiction for the affirmations. Yes. You sort of talked about it, this need for validation really out, not only in our work, but outside of ourselves, like always looking for that validation for some, from someone else and their approval. And it's like, why do I do that? Why, (laughs) why is that even happening? So, um, but that, that leads me to a question of, uh, so what is, what does self-care look like for you um, in, again, an industry that can be so taxing sometimes? Well, this will be the shortest answer to the question because I, when I was reading over these questions, I told Tommy, I said, guess what one of the questions is? It asked about self-care and we both started laughing because I'm horrible at it. Uh- <laughs> That's just the reality. I'm okay. terrible at self-care. I, he gets so mad at me. He's like, why don't you go to the beach and read? Why don't you go on a walk? Why don't you go do this? And I'm, I'm always in task mode. It is my detriment. Self-care has to be my new goal. <laughs> I've never been good at it. My friends are so, I have friends that are so amazing at self-care. They're like, my soul craves self-care. And I, I'm in a Bible study with some lovely girls. Hi, I know some of them are watching. Um, and I just sit and I listen to them and I just go, oh, that is so lovely. Cause I envision myself doing these things <laughs> yeah. and every now and again, I do, you know, I'll, I'll have that day out just on my own, yes. you, know, you know, obviously the things like getting my hair done or get my nails done or go for a massage. But you know, those are like literally a couple, a few times, little pockets yeah. of just quiet time. All right. But I wish I could, I wish I could give you all the, the good, that's going to be somebody else that's going to give you all the good <laughs> self-care. 
<laughs> well, maybe we'll have you back and you can tell us what stuff you, what you have found in your, in this time that you can take out to your new normal as we get out of quarantine. Yes. Great. Okay. And this is one of our final questions. And I'll do some two questions where I just get your, your question, your answer right off the top of your head. My final question is, what is the greatest lesson you're learning in this season? And it doesn't have to be while we're in quarantine. It could be, you know, either your age or whatever. What is this? What is the greatest lesson you're learning in this season? Um, well, I think, you know, for me, the quarantine thing has really, it, it's, it's, I think it's done a number on all of us, honestly, you know, and especially for those of us with school age children, you know, yeah. both of my kids were in school all day. Um, and for all of us to just be in the house together nonstop, you know, and some of my friends, you know, they've got four, five, six kids. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what's happening in your right. house. I probably right. don't know. <laughs> right. But we've had days. I mean, you know, I became a homeschool teacher against my will and overnight. And I'm like, I have to, I have to, like, I had to come to terms with the fact that this is happening. Like, I have to do this. It's here. Yeah. Right. We, we all cried through it. We all had our moments where we had to cry through figuring out the technology, you know, to get to these apps to do these school lessons and then getting them all. There's just been so many pieces of that just yeah. from a practicality standpoint. Yeah. Of of how we're in survival mode. I will say that time helps. We've gotten into a rhythm. Right. You know, a schedule I don't, everybody's kids are different. My kids thrive on schedule. So if I can, if I can lay out the day for them and say, this is what time we're starting. This is what time we're ending. And all these things have to be done in this time frame. Wow. Then we all have a better day. We all are, <laughs> we all are in a better mood. Nice. And, but I've had my days. We're at two o'clock. I'm like, I'm done. Yes. Hi. You can have iPad time today. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, you know, no doubt. just that survival and also being sensitive to the fact that, you know, some people, their lives have really been uh, affected um, physically, uh, you know, they've had the virus. I know people who have had the virus and have survived the virus. I know people, uh, one person in particular who almost lost their life that is a dear friend and is now recovering it beautifully, but it was touch and go. And then people you know, that have lost loved ones. It's not trivial about, oh, I had to be, I had to become a homeschool teacher. I mean, it, it, there are like really things that are going on and I'm trying to process this and I'm trying to get out of the day-to-day. -day. Yeah. I'm trying to back up and start looking at it from a bigger point of view. Yeah. Um, because we're going to look back on this time and like, how is this really affecting my kids? Yes. You know, and I did want to say, because we're talking about that and we're talking about the quarantine, I, can I, if you don't mind, I'm going to read this. Um, I found, I was like an early on with this whole thing. I was like, I need a verse. Like <laughs> I need some sort of verse or something yeah. to kind of keep me grounded on the days where I feel like I'm spiraling. Yes. Like, especially because, you know, in our industry, we've been affected so heavily. Like there, it just, I think there are days when it feels like, wow, this really is the end of an era. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And, and, um, singing is just one of these things where we all love it. And we, we love to record at home. That's great. We're all learning. If we didn't already know how we're yeah. learning and then, but, but the camaraderie, the being in the groups and being together and just having that support 
system, it's, it's just not there now. And yeah. so everybody's trying to figure out what's, what's the future hold, you know? Yeah. So on days like that, this is, this is the scripture that I've been reading. Okay. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians four, six, and seven. Yes. That's my quarantine verse. <laughs> <laughs> That's the quarantine verse. That We missed the question of how does your faith inform your journey of motherhood and purpose? But I feel like that's what we've heard from you. We've heard how you, even with just your um, your mantra, love God and love people, it just shows, I mean, personally, as I have experienced it in our own conversation, how we even got here, but even just in how you love God and you love your family and you love people and you allow that to be the thread of your life. And I'm so honored to have had this conversation with you and to have just giving everyone a little chance to hear what I have had a chance to experience um, with the time that we do get to talk. So thank you so much for your time. I'm going to give you these last two questions and I just want what just the first phrase or the first thought that comes to your mind. Okay. So okay. the first question, <laughs> the first question has to do with motherhood. Of course, if you met your child later in life, what would you want them to know about you and your journey? What would you want them to know? What would what would you want them to know? Okay. Um, that that I was a world changer with any opportunity, large or small, that I was ever given. That there was something that I brought to the table that either helped make somebody's life better or helped somebody get focused and head in a direction that helped make their life better. I love it. I love it. And finally, who are you? I just watched, I love this question because <laughs> I don't know. I just watched Becoming. Uh, Michelle oh, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, oh you gotta see it. I, I read the book, but I, we just got to see the um, documentary, but I'm so inspired by her life. But I love the question that ended it was, who are you becoming? And so that's my second question to you. Who are you becoming? It could be anything. Who are you becoming, Carrie Larson? You know what? I'm becoming brave. Hey. You know what? Fear is just the worst. I mean, in this time that we're living in, I feel like people are dressed in fear. Yeah. You know? And I am like, you know what? I don't, I'm not going to give fear that power. I'm not going to do it. Because the virus isn't in control. Yeah. It's not. And and it's dealing us some really crazy situations for sure. Yeah. But no, I'm going to say, nope. Fear, no. no. Brave. I'm going to be brave. I'm going to be brave and I'm going to be hopeful. I love that. that that's my words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hold on to them right now. Hold on to them right now. I love it. Everybody, this is Carrie Larson. Wonderful, charming, Southern charm, <laughs> Carrie Larson. Thank you so much for your spirit. Guys, if you haven't uh, met this woman in person, I hope that it came across just how much she 
her mantra and what she lives by, how much she loves God and loves people. And just by that, she's impacting the world. So I just thank you so much for how you've just really spoken to my life. And I know the many lives that you are speaking into in addition to your lovely children, <laughs> your children and your husband and your family. So I know that you are really um, just making a difference everywhere you go. Um, I wanted to um, remind everybody to take time to follow Carrie. Uh, she is Carrie Larson in, uh, on Facebook and Instagram, but also follow Black and White Sessions. They, she really kind of does the same thing. There's some great interviews that she's able has been able to do with people in our industry, with singers, uh, male and female from all walks of life independent artists, singers, right. um, and has really been able to capture these amazing performances in black and white. So go on and check that out. Um, I wanted to end today, um, I already talked to Carrie about this. I wanted to end our session with really just having, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a really an ideas person and I, um, I really created this to really be kind of create a platform, as I said in the beginning, a platform for mothers to really kind of dialogue. Again, hopefully you guys are having some real good dialogue in the chat, but hopefully you've also been able to learn a little bit from Carrie's story, um, but really how we're really passionately, passionately trying and succeeding sometimes and not succeeding uh, of really just passionately living out this calling and this purpose of being mothers, but also living into our calling as um, singers, as, as voices um, that really God can use and really impact the world. So um, hopefully you were inspired by this conversation, but, uh, but I wanted to end this time to uh, really talk about, I wanted to this platform to be a place where we could only, not only highlight some wonderful lives, but also um, take the time as it has, as it was Mother's Day this past weekend, what it also was, was the birthday of um, Ahmad Arbery. And um, if you don't know who that is, you probably have seen different posts, but it was a young uh, gifted black man who was 26 year old, who was gunned down in the street um, by jogging, just from jogging. Um, and so it's been kind of an uproar with um, different things that people have been posting online. Um, but really, this is one of the things that I stand for, not only uh, in being passionate about purpose and walking in purpose, but also being a mother, but also standing for justice for all people, especially as a Black woman in this country, standing up for uh, rights of African Americans in this country. And it floors me. It really makes me mad talking about sitting in sadness and sitting in anger and really allowing it to experience that, but also doing something about it, finding that space to do something about it. So I wanted to take this time to really, again, because it not only was Mother's Day, we're reminded of it and we're praying for the mother of Ahmad Arbery who lost her son, not only on his birthday, but also Mother's Day. How was that to one, I can't even imagine the thought of bearing my own child, but also losing them to um, in such a horrific way. So we're gonna have, we're gonna take a few moments right now just to have a moment of silence. And then I'll come back and I will tell you about our next time, our next interview, okay? So we're gonna have a moment of silence now.
So I thank you guys for being with us. Thank you for allowing us to have that moment. I hope that you're inspired to go out to live passionately, as I said, out loud, as the mother that you dream of being, as the woman, the world changer that you dream to be, the sister, the mom, the friend, the uh, counselor, whoever you, whatever part you play on a day-to-day -day basis. I just hope that this conversation just, if nothing else, inspires you to go and be it. Be it regardless of who says the negative voices around you, whether it's other people, whether it's your own voice. Sometimes it's our own self-tape that's going on that tells us we can't do it or who do you think you are. Um, whether it's the negative voices, whether it's your circumstance, whether it's the circumstance that you don't like, whether it's um, something like we talked about, you feel like you got overlooked on this job and you're harboring it and it's, it's, it's really weighing on you. I, I just hope and I pray that this conversation inspires you to know that it's not too late, that yes, you can carry these two passions in your hands. You can passionately raise world changers. You can passionately change, uh, raise the next generation passionately and with great love and also be called, have your own calling to go forth and do it, whatever that is. Even if it's not in music, if you're a teacher, if you are a homemaker, if you um, get to stay at home and raise your children, all of these things are so important. And we hopefully you're inspired to just live out loud and live into, as Carrie said, bravely into both of those. Be that mom, be that sister, be that auntie, and go out and change and impact the world. All right, everybody, thank you so much for watching. Next week, we're gonna have at the same time, um, we're gonna have actually Christine Swanson. Um, for those who know who that is, she is a director. She directed the movie that um, is a blockbuster hit on Lifetime, the Clark Sisters movie. She um, has four children and I was so inspired by her story. I'm like, oh my God, I wanna know, how did you do that? <laughs> I'm ready, I wanna hear that story too. <laughs> So that's all this is, is really just giving a platform to moms in that we'll start with the entertainment industry and then, you know, branch out to all kind of walks of life to really just hear how are moms doing it? Because I know I'm inspired just listening to Carrie's story. Um, so hopefully you leave with some inspiration too for your night and just walking into next week. All right. I say thank you again, Carrie, for being on this call with me and sharing your story. Again, follow her at Black and White Sessions and at Carrie Larson on Instagram and uh, Facebook and both of those black and white sessions on Facebook and Instagram. Hopefully Thank you guys you. have a wonderful night. Thank you, Carrie, again. Good night, everybody. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to Momversations. Since you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review it. It will help others like yourself to find the show. And to hear more from me, follow me on Instagram at mom underscore versations with two S's. Also, don't forget to sign up for my newsletter at arethascruggs.com. When you sign up, you will stay caught up on what I'm up to, hear personal lessons learned, and hear my vocal tip of the week. Again, that's arethascruggs.com to sign up. Talk to you soon.